very special edition of the Behind the You Podcast. I can say this unequivocally. The first time we've ever had a Kentucky Derby winning owner on the podcast, who's also a graduate of the University of Miami, Ramiro Restrepo. It is an absolute pleasure to have you. No, thanks, Josh. This is a, it's a dream come true to win the race and then to be back you know, at the University of Miami. It's a great feeling, so thank so you for having me. So when you were me. done, the checklist did include making an appearance on the podcast, right? A hundred percent. Everything for the you, you know? Absolutely. So I just have one small request. The next horse, whatever the next horse is, can we get? Can we infuse it with some kind of UM pageantry name, orange and green colors? Can we? Can we pull that off? A hundred percent. I'll even ask you if you want to invest a little bit. Oh too, yes, so. sir. I mean, I, I'm a, a super <laughs> minority investor. A super I, minority investor. I have, I have some built-in investors here at the U. So can we get I'm like glad. a U on the helmet? Or is that even allowed? <laughs> what, what would they do? You know what? The, uh, I have a, actually I have a good buddy of mine who is a huge University of Miami fan, and he actually races with a U logo uh, as he? his as his jersey. And another graduate of the University of Miami is the son of a multiple Kentucky Derby winning trainer, Alex Zito. And oh, yeah. his father, Nick Zito, won a couple Kentucky Derbies. And, and Alex had a, a stable called Hurricane Boys Racing Stable for a long time and named his horses. Like Sonoris was one <laughs> after Sonoris Moss. And uh, when he won a couple races, Sonoris and him went back and forth on social media. So uh, there's always been a little representation of the U out there. Excellent. Uh, now we are, come on. What what would be a swag? What's like a swaggy horse racing thing we could do for the next race? For the our next race? Yeah. What's something swag? Like what what what, what, could, what could we do? I don't know. We'll see. If maybe uh, on his when we tape up his ankles, we'll put him in orange and green. Yeah. Orange and green. Uh, It'll be like our little thing. <laughs> It'll be like our little thing. All right. Sure. So in all seriousness, like, have you calmed down yet? No, and I'm still taking it all in. You know, it's, it was such a whirlwind from the Derby till the next race, the Preakness. I had like two weeks to kind of digest it and you know get just this influx of uh of attention and and you know i've never had a life moment you know i've never and i got married i don't have kids so in this era of social media and and platforms that people can touch you with a message or or a video call or something this has been my biggest moment so to have you know she's two thousand people plus friends family old people you know old people that i work with people i went to school with family friends just reaching out to you with congratulations and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's just an onslaught of all your sensories. It's just it's an, it's an <laughs> overload, man. But uh, you know, it's um, you're super grateful and, and thankful. But at the same time, you want to like look back on the win and, and the accomplishment and, and and take it all in and enjoy it. So, so it's, it's you're a Miami guy, so I imagine that Saturday night we had a fun time after oh, the win. Yeah, we did. It was uh, we went to the, Jeff Ruby's is a pretty like popular restaurant there in Louisville, and we went out and shut it down. <laughs> a lot of a lot of bottles of Dom Perignon and uh, a lot of good cuts of meat, and just partied out part of the night away. That is awesome. Now this is a family sport for you. You had mentioned that like, it was a dream of your family to be in the Derby. So can you elaborate on that? So I'm, I'm I would be technically a fifth generation horseman that that's uh, involved fifth. in it. fifth generation. Wow. Yeah. Myself, I ha- obviously I have my grandfather and my mother's two brothers. My uncles were the ones that I was a- attached to since I could crawl. Uh, uh, all I could remember is them always saying, you know, we're going to get one to the Derby. We'll get one there. Or we're we're going to walk one over for the Derby. And it never happened. You know, my grandfather passed away and my two uncles, you know, are now in their late 70s, early 80s and they retired. So when Mage was going through his process of kind of qualifying uh, on the road to the Kentucky Derby and he made it into the gate, when it was finally official that we made the field, you know, to think that there's my grandpa somewhere upstairs saying that, the, you know, the, the kid did it for us uh, was a really special feeling. And then to have my two uncles come down to, the, to Kentucky and do the Kentucky Derby walk over with us and sit in the box with me for the race and, and root them home. 
I mean, that's just a dream come true. So to put this in perspective, right, the Kentucky, I think most people know what that race is. I mean, it's the Super Bowl. It's the national championship, right? It's one of the, So prior to that, you're the biggest race that you had been a part of. So I'm just trying to, like, as we level up to, like, your career, would have been what? The local races here, like Gulfstream or? Sure. Uh, you know, local here, I'd run some kind of mid-level races. Um, but I had been a part of a team that purchased a horse in 2018 that when we sold him in 2019, uh, he won the, a Breeders' Cup juvenile turf race, which is like the equivalent of our year-end championships. So I had gotten a taste of, you know, being a part of a, of a big program, but, you know, he was no longer my horse when he when he went on and did his thing. Um, so he went. He hit the transfer portal, basically. He hit he the got, transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> he signed it. He had a better NIL deal out there, right? A little better one. But, but, you, but you partook in the process. But so I partook right. in the process, so I had the confidence in being able to identify talent, and that felt good. That gave me the confidence to keep on going forward. So when we went to the NFL Combine to pick up Mage, I kind of had that, that, that little feeling, that angel on your shoulder, that sixth sense saying that this was the, the one to pick. So you're really good at sort of equating your sport to the, a sport like football or basketball. People can kind of put in perspective and understand, right? So you just mentioned the Combine. So when you're scouting a horse, Mage, or any of the other horses, literally you are scouting them in a way that a director of player personnel or, or a head coach would be looking at an athlete, right? Like there are things you are looking for, historicals, medicals. It's a very similar process. 100%. I mean, there's uh, people in my position, we call ourselves bloodstock agents. You know, you're the combination of like a, a real estate agent, stockbroker, director of player personnel, all in one. You go down to the sale uh, where, where these horses are up for auction. And you're given, you know, three, four, five, six days to go over there and literally review them one by one. You're watching game film of them running their 40-yard dash. Literally. literally you're watching them run a 40-yard dash, uh, which is anywhere between two and 400 meters. You're watching them parade in front of you. So you're looking at their gait, their stride, their motion. You're looking at their personality, their attitude, their presence. Just like an interview, like you would have a sit-down with a, with a prospect before the combine. And uh, you're looking over their, their family history, their bloodlines, their resume, their family resume. Oh, yeah. And, you're, you know, you start ranking them on your Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay <laughs> big board of, of who you want and, 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 you know, who you might be able to buy. Now, when you're there, are you there with other buyers? Oh, there's a whole bunch of us. I mean, So there's another side to this, too, right? There's not only the evaluation process, then there's the negotiating process. Well, they go or into the an buying, auction. I don't right, know how that works. They, so they go into an auction ring. So that is literally... They walk into a ring and the announcer, you know, is 100, 200, 200, 250. Oh, you're just sitting there. You're just sitting there hoping to bid on it, you know. But there's also many teams trying to buy horses. I mean, you have at least 50, 60 other teams and other agents and, and other, you know, head coaches that are all there together trying to do the same thing. So sometimes you hook up with another team that's trying to buy the same horse and that drives the price up through the roof. So at that moment in time, you're in your little mini war room having to make a decision at that moment do I keep on bidding and am, am I paying a first round price for a horse that's probably a third round pick? But in the end, it, it's your gut call, you know? So many people who draft players have make those gut decisions. You know, do, you, do I make a trade for, for more picks or do I trade up to move up in the draft or do we stretch and, you know, draft this player at a higher position than, than expected? But, you know, it's, those are all game time decisions when you're, when you're in the ring. All right, so I want to. I, I will take the minority investment, but can I be a? Can we do like a behind the scene? Can I be like a fly on the wall at the next? Oh, of, of course. I want to sit in the back of the room and watch <laughs> this. This is this. A hundred percent. What What attracted you to Mage? So, for one, I, his father 
was a, recently performed on the track. You know, he, he hasn't been uh, a stallion for many years. Actually, Mage is the first generation of his sons to ever hit the racetrack. So Good Magic, his dad, was very fresh in our minds. And he's a horse that won a Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which is a, a really big race. And he chased home a horse called Justify that won the Triple Crown and just gave a heck of a valiant effort bringing him home. And then he won a really big race in the summer called the Haskell. And he's like royally bred and, and supported by some really big farms. So I knew that he that bloodlines wise, he was gonna get a great chance to have some nice children up for sale. His mother was actually owned by a really good friend of mine. His mother's name is Puka and she was a super talented horse as well. So the first thing that drew me to me was that I knew his parents. I knew them so well I got to see them firsthand. I, I, this, I hate to, this literally sounds like recruiting. This <laughs> No 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 seriously the way you hear head coaches talk about Either, you know, the family, oh, you yeah. know, a teacher, you know, the guy, the janitor. You're always looking for information, right, that position yourself in a place where we want, this is a kid we want on our team. A hundred percent. And you have to have that familiarity sometimes with these players. That's why it's so funny when you see, you know, Coach Chris Cobal go after legacies and, or, or people that he played against. Right. He's like, wait a minute, I know this. I know the bloodlines. I know the pedigrees or relationships. Players, or like, relationships. Uh, just people he's known in, the, in, in his career of recruiting. There's an offensive lineman on this team from Alabama who when Mario was at Alabama knew the head coach and said this would be a good fit for you. Oh wow. How about that? But that's all about it's just all you about you know information and getting into the right places. It's more than a contact sport on the field, it's also contact sport off the field. You know how many people you you know you can touch and kind of get that inside info on on certain things. So and I knew his grandfather. His grandfather was owned by another friend of mine and and he had won the Derby and the Preakness. So all these factors kind of drew me to the horse and then when I went to go see him in person, he was a twin, an exact clone of his father from his color, his white markings on his face, uh, and then even when he ran his 40-yard dash, his gait and his stride was just like his father. It was scary how, how much alike they were. We did you know, all the medical backgrounds. He checked out 100%, and talking with the people who were putting him up for sale, they, you know, they just spoke the world of him as well. So when you do those like, kind of interviews with the people who, who've known the horse for most of his life, from the day he was born, he had been in such great hands, and all those things came together. Uh, and then, you know, that sixth sense in your gut, something spoke to me and, and was like, look, this is the one that we have to have. So he was our number one pick, and it's amazing how it panned out. Join us at Gulfstream Park this spring with live action Thursday through Sunday. Enjoy entertainment outdoors at the Carousel Club or feast in Ten Palms. Not hungry? Visit our many on-site shopping locations from fashion stores to home furnishings. For schedules, reservations, and tickets, visit GulfstreamPark.com. Now, interestingly enough, from what I've read, right, you had to make a decision on the finances too, right? He was a little bit above what you thought, so you were doing – there was a, little, a gut decision like it's worth the risk or it's worth the investment. Yeah, when we got to our, to our ceiling, right, of, of what our cap was, you really have one second because the auctioneer is ready to drop the hammer on you. You know, he's, uh, he's ready Someone to else was in the fight. Somebody else was in the fight. And um, at that minute, I had – my business partner, who's also the trainer and, and one of the owners of the horse on the phone, and he was like, Ramiro, we can't let this one go. Like, you know, and you have the auctioneers asking for you, are you in, are you out? And I was like, you know what? He was our number one pick, and you just have that, like the blitz is coming. You have to make the pass, you know, like the defense is coming, and we just said, to heck with it. Let's go on. Now, is there, obviously, winning the dirt, we've, I've seen the video, like that's on a whole nother level, but is there, once they say sold and it's to, what's the name of the stable? How would they just say it? 
Oh, they were just like sold. They just dropped the hammer. And are they you like, are you like, high fi- like virtually high fiving the guy <laughs> who, who kind of authorizes the? Like, are, is, is it an exciting moment? It's it, there's a lot of adrenaline involved, but you also have to have the the, the fiduciary for, uh, responsibility in your mind. So, like, well, I was happy that we got him. My mind immediately skipped to, we, well, how are we going to pay we for just, this horse? You know, how are we, we going to pay? We just, <laughs> <laughs> so we're out on the next the next horse. We're not going to be in on. Yeah, which we had identified another horse that we were like, well, look, if we can afford it, we'll get both. And um, since we stretched on one, my mind just raced. Well, now I got to create some partnerships here to kind of fill out the, you know, the ownership group. Is that how? Is that how that? Because you have multiple. It's like a, a group, right? Oh my goodness! You can have as many owners as you want. But I'm uh, saying on this one, right? Then you created. You had a. You I created the ownership group. I I brought in uh, Sam Herzberg, who's a, a local from here, a real estate guy down here in in Florida, and then these two guys from um, California and Michigan, that have a. A, a big racing syndicate, and they jump in on horses as well. So, brought them in: uh, Chase Chamberlain, Brian Doxtater, and Sam Herzberg. And Josh Darrow, I got a point five. Josh Darrow, you'll yeah. be. I'm gonna back. I'm gonna. I'm gonna back invest back into in this <laughs> horse now that I know the result. <laughs> but let me ask you: this. So, what was the hope for the horse? Like, you're at this point now, right on the back end of winning like the preeminent event in your industry but when you buy the horse your vision for it is what like your hope for it was what you know i i identify this just like when you're when you're drafting a player or, or signing a player you hope you have a starter that can go on and contribute to the team as an all-star or a pro bowler you know that's what you're hoping for do you think you're drafting a hall of fame you know peyton manning or something like that i don't think i don't know if that's the first thing that comes to your mind you know i'd be lying if, if you're if, that I was going to think I was going to win the Kentucky Derby. What I was hoping for was a really good horse. You know, the Kentucky Derby is, is a, a particular race for a, that runs on, on, on the dirt track and, and a particular classic distance. But if he would have been a champion sprinter, a champion grass horse, you know, running in different divisions, I would have been just as happy because you bought a, a, a great athlete. Right, because there are other, right, there's more, obviously, though, there are, the three big races, right? Pregnant, but there's other. Oh, there's other divisions, there's other, divisions, other races, other and plus races, there's other right? uh, elements to your investment, right? Which we'll get into later because the the afterlife is a pretty sweet life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's good stuff ahead. There's more good stuff ahead for me. I mean, there might be better than actually winning the race. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that, right? But I mean, there's there's more elements to just the big three, right? As, when you're in this game, I presume. Uh, for sure. I mean, th- th- there's so many levels of success that you can get to, and I was just hoping to be able to purchase a horse that can go on and do good things at the racetrack. The fact that he took us to the top of Mount Everest is, is unbelievable. So you just have to kind of take that with a grain of salt. And he, you, he's housed here in Florida? Like you house, train, is that, he does his conditioning? So he splits his year, actually. He's okay. like a, a lot of the snowbirds out there. He'll do from April to November, he'll be in Kentucky. And then he does December through March oh, here in Miami. He's a snowbird. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a, a true snowbird. True snowbird. He's a true snowbird. So when do you think you had a chance? Like in this race, like I'm talking in the race, because I w- watching the video, he's coming from behind. Sure. Right? So when you're watching the race, and he's coming from, is that, I, I got I don't know the horse very well. No, no, so no, is no, that no. his is that his race element, like his race design? So yeah, you're watching him, and you're comfortable, and you're cool. Or are you kind of like, uh oh, it's not it's not falling the way we would hope. So two things. One, it is funny that you mentioned his style of running from last or towards the back to, to the front. A lot of friends of mine here locally who don't kind of follow horse racing day to day. From the moment the, the race started and the horse was in the back, people who have sent me videos were all like down and depressed and sad, like, oh no, we're last, it's over. And the race basically was just getting started. Right. But we know that that's his style. So I was pretty comfortable watching the race and seeing him kind of getting into rhythm. So I was pretty comfortable for about 80% of the race. 
when they started to turn for home and I saw him go from like 15th, 16th place to like 5th in, in like a Porsche, 0 to 60 when he shot up like that, and I see him range up and how he was moving, that's when I lost my mind because I knew the last four or 500 meters of the race, he was coming like a freight train. And uh, that's when your emotion really starts to get to you. And, and we were rooting him home like crazy. And then the last, you know, 100 yards that he takes the lead, it's like watching when and Hester breaks it and now it's just him in the end zone. Right. You know, that's when everybody goes insane. You know, you hear the crescendo in the crowd and that's how it was for us. You know, we were just like, it's just him in the him in the finish line. But you were talking to the horse. You were literally, I think I heard you were like, oh, I was screaming to the horse and, to him. And, uh, and screaming to the jockey. And, you know, it's crazy. Like, the more that you scream and the more the horse moves up, it's like that mental juju. You think you're right. the one bringing him home, right? So, and then were you also speaking in Spanish? You were screaming <laughs> something crazy. I, don't, I couldn't think what was it. Yeah, so for some reason, like, I'm born here. And even my mother came here when she was 13 years old. And my father as well. Like, they both went to high school and college here. But Spanish was always spoken around the house. So I, I learned Spanish, and it's like I'm so f I'm fluent in it. And for some reason, when I turned to my family, I started screaming "ganamos," which means we won. And uh, and I don't know why, but it was just I guess that connection, right? Right. And I just started screaming "ganamos, ganamos," we won, we won, we won. I didn't know what else to say, you know. And it was like just the, the your soul coming out of your body, man. It, there's nothing. There's nothing you, like it. So you mentioned before, you know, you know, wife, you're not married, no kids. So like I, I I'm gonna. I'm not going to assume, but have you experienced anything on an emotional level like that? No, nothing, man. This 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 takes it because it's not only the it's not only like the work effort and everything you put into it and your team's effort and 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 the horse's effort and you're so proud of what you've accomplished as an individual, man. But Josh, like your family being there, there's nothing like that. Like knowing what your grandfather went through, what your uncles went through, the commitment, the time, you know. That type of stuff is, is priceless, you know, and even after the race, like when everything's calmed down a few days later, my uncle's like, you know, now I could die a happy person. And I'm like, what? I'm like, well, stick around for a while, right. you know, but like for them, it was like a life accomplishment. And, and that means almost more than your individual uh, accolades that, that come from it, uh, that you can add the family element to it. It's um, that's what makes it such a special thing. Change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion. Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash DCIE to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you. Do you have a photo in your head of him crossing the fin? Like, I, can you see that moment? Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, uh, I was watching back that video that, that they did of me, and there's like three times that I say things that I don't even remember saying them. It was just subconscious stuff coming from your soul. And there's a moment that I said, oh, my God, which is just like realizing that we're going to win this thing. And, and, I, and I flash it to that moment when he takes the lead, and literally he's a couple strides from the finish line. And, you know, when he hits that wire, I mean, it's just like the fireworks going off when you win the championship. It, it was unbelievable. I'm, I'm just listening to you. <laughs> like, I mean, this is life-changing. My, my world's been turned upside down for all the best, you know, and hopefully we could just keep keep the train going and 
and keep going forward, you know. So obviously a lot of messages from – you said your phone died, you know. This, it, 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 it's, it, it's, it brain might have just – So it's, it was crazy. So when the horse finishes the race and everybody, you know, try, is, you know, there's a celebration, everybody's hugging and kissing, and you go to the infield of the racetrack, it's the only time where you actually take a photo with your horse and all your friends and family – like it's the celebration shot, you know, the, the celebration pick. Whenever I think you're like, you, you, got, you, you got the. I don't know what I was not, doing. You're not, I was possessed. Yeah, you yeah. were like, it was like we're about to we're about to throw down. <laughs> I was just, you know, throwing up the 305, the U. I mean, everybody was getting love at that moment. But when the horse was being brought to us with his blanket of roses on, I said, I got to take out my phone and film this amazing moment. And I take out my phone, I turn on the camera, and it was I filmed about three seconds, and my phone goes. Yeah, but I'm sure Dang. you had a, lot, a bunch of people that were able to capture yeah. it for you. But uh, you know what? It brought it back to like 1997 where there was no cell phones. Right. And it was just kind of the, the purest moment of, you know, you watch, the iCloud was your brain. Yeah. So 100%. I got to remember, you know, to kind of just soak it all up in. Craziest or most unlikely text message. Like someone that you either from a celebrity standpoint or completely caught you by surprise that you know you had kind of arrived at a different place in your career. You know, I'm not even saying this because I'm on the podcast, but when Mario Cristobal texted me, I couldn't believe it. I'm an alumni. My youngest brother's also an alumni. My other brother's an honorary alumni. And uh, we've been going to Canes games since we could remember. I remember making my mom and I get on our knees to pray for a wide right one for that to happen. The Canes mean everything to us. I have the U tattooed on my ankle. Like oh, man. Miami, it means so much. You know, we, we, we used to come to this Hex Center to get Cortez Kennedy and Greg Mark to sign autographs for us as kids. Canes players came to elementary school to, to, to speak to us when we were kids, keep us getting elementary. So for us, the Canes is everything. So when I got a text from Mario Cristobal, and we went to the same high school, Columbus right. High School, and he was like, you know, Hurricane Restrepo, he called me, and uh, Adelante, which is our high school Correct. motto. It was just like, holy cow, like, you know, Coach Cristobal uh, hit me up, and, and, and Coach Mirabal, you know, retweeted um, a tweet of it. So that was pretty special. That was pretty awesome. How awesome is that? So Kentucky Derby winner from Miami, went to Columbus, went to school here. So this is like... This is pretty cool, right? Like oh, you are man. on campus. This is a yeah. Well, a fun it's, day. It, it's a homecoming of sorts, right? To be back up, uh, back is, on school, and my best friends to this day, and the greatest times of my life was ninety sixty two thousand at University of Miami. It was the greatest. So we got screwed out of the two thousand championship, right? So actually, I actually had I was two classes short. They let me walk in May of two thousand with the rest of my classmates. And I was like, do I finish up in the summer? Do I come back for one more fall semester? You came back for the fall? And I came you back for the, the fall, and I got, ah. the, I got my championship. So, so we slaughtered Nebraska. Yeah, good. I was out in the Rose Bowl. And, um, you know, I went to the Sugar Bowl, obviously, the year before that. So, you're, like I said, you're good at framing things. Like, who would be the FSU? Who's someone, another ownership group that you respect, but there's <clears> a little <throat> bit of distaste? Well, Or that, or that healthy rival. There's a healthy rival. There's yeah. definitely re- respect. There's a, there's a horse called Forte who is, was the champion from right. last year, and he actually beat us twice this year in the preparation races leading up to the Kentucky Derby. You know, right now there's like this National Thoroughbred Racing Association writer's poll that dictates who, oh, really? who's, who's the number one uh, three-year-old in the country. And after the Kentucky Derby, we were voted number one. The week after the Kentucky Derby, we were voted number one. Even after the Precus, we were still voted number one. And then this week, which is the Belmont, the third leg of the Triple Crown, which we're not running in. We're, we're going to skip it. Forte is actually coming back. Uh, he wasn't able to run in the Kentucky Derby or the Preakness, but he is running in the Belmont. And the riders have voted him back on top, even though we haven't done anything to 
right. You know, to to dictate third. that. I mean, you, yeah, first we were, and third, like you should hold your own. You know, that you you kind of leave that up to the to the writers and the experts. It sounds who, like conversations Christy and I have you know, <laughs> on the back of the plane. You result, you know, we're watching the results in the polls and what's wrong with these people? Don't leave it up to the computers. The writers don't know what they're talking about. You Expand know, the field. They 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 made their decision. So Forte is back on top. But on the contrary, with their connections, their owner uh, Mike Rapoli, who owned vitamin water and sold that to coca-cola with 50 cents he did okay and then with uh kobe bryant they had body armor drink as well and vinnie viola who was a uh owner of the florida panthers they own forte and they're actually top class people man their 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 contributions to the sport have been unbelievable and two times that i've gotten to speak to them on a very limited basis they've been a top class gentleman and their team todd pletcher uh, jacob west and are just awesome awesome people and 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 great you know jacob is a great friend of mine as well so i have a, a great respect for them they're awesome people but the rivalry between you know mage and, and forte is not much they've beaten us twice but yet we took home the big prize and i'm sure we're going to meet at some point later this year now on the flip side on a positive note obviously there's you know there's handicapping involved in in so did anyone text you and say ramiro i made a lot of money on this everyone course. did so what, what's wild was Fifteen to one is put put that in the, put that in perspective of like so for for that race yeah out of the eight there was right, I have that right fifteen right, to one fifteen to okay. one so out of, there was eighteen horses in that race eighteen eighteen there was twenty and there was two withdrawals okay. so there was eighteen horses in that race I would have argued when the initial twenty horse field came out uh, being fifteen to one for this particular race we were like an eight seed okay. you know so we were like a middle of the road team in the opinions of the those handicappers, the, right. the handicappers for myself. I thought we were a top three seed. You know, I was a little upset that so they had. Yeah, tons of it. And were you telling your friends? So what's, are you loud? I don't even know. Uh, that's of, co- of course, okay. yeah. You can always tell people that you know you feel your horse is doing well. But uh, a good friend of mine whose family was in horse racing knew someone over at the Herald, and they spoke to Clark Shepard, who was an you know an old school retired rider, and yeah. he covered a lot of horse racing when we were when we were kids. So Clark gave me a call before the Derby and wrote a piece for the Herald talking about us about a you know university of miami grad local uh, with a horse in the kentucky derby and when i when that article you know hit social media and you know all this tons of people started you know catching wind of this and reposting it so there was so many eyes from south florida watching this race um and i've just been very fortunate to have been in a lot of like different social circles growing up here in Miami that I have a lot of friends from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different parts of town. So there was just so many people from all over Miami that were, you know, so you've, you've done right by a lot of people. Yeah, man. I mean, everything that I've always done, I've had a lot of friendships and, and that's a key to life. So you were in the nightclub business. I was in the how, nightclub business. How did you business? treat the front door then? Could you, could we get in VIP? Like, how does that work? Like, <laughs> all these friends were, were you know that was funny i would drive the doorman wild because i <laughs> they try to keep order and then i'd walk in and say everybody come on in you know <laughs> but it was cool that all those people put money on the horse Did on they? their on their own accord and i've had people tell me i won ten thousand i won five thousand i won you know this that and the other and it's crazy that everybody got to you know share in the taking a little slice of the cake so just to back up for a second, so you, you leave UM, graduate, and you, you don't immediately go into the horse racing. Or no, I, I, right? I, I, I... So you were in the beach, nightclub, restaurants, et cetera. So yep. maybe a little bit of how that world, and then maybe give us a venue we would know, and then how'd you transit, why or how did you transition into where you are today? Sure. I started you know, doing events locally in 1998, and uh, in 2000, 
2001, I caught a big break to go work for uh, Keith Pacello, who's, who him and his brother Chris own all these anatomy gyms around town at the moment. And uh, that was our first big exposure to like a, a place called Liquid, which was a really popular club in the late 90s, early 2000s, and got to work there. Then I partnered with Smack Entertainment, which was Bill Spector, Conrad uh, Gomez, Angel Fabres, and Mo Garcia. Uh, these guys, to this day, you know, they have Drunken Dragon, Racket. They have, um, what else do they have? Uh, Mo has Gala, which is which is a really nice place here in Aspen. Dave Grutman, who opened up Live. I worked for him at Goddess and Tantra back in the day. So it was just pretty cool to have a bunch of guys that um, were my partners and that I worked for back then now still be so prominent in the nightlife business here in Miami. Uh, so I was Noah Tepperberg, who has, you know, Marquee and Tao. You're catching it at a good time. Yeah, man. I, I caught a really good wave in the nightclub world, but uh, I stayed working in the nightlife uh, business. And then in 2007, so seven years after I graduated, my uncle called me from New York and he said, I have an opportunity. I know your parents have been out of the business, you know, since the late 90s, but, you know, they kept like the, you know, the, the, the flame, that, that ember flowing for almost a decade. They were like, look, if you want, there's a horse that's here that's for sale, like a free agent, and we can get it on a great deal. You know, if it's been running for like a forty, fifty thousand dollar price point, but we can get it for five grand, because it's winter time. There's no more races for her on the grass up here, and the guy's having a hard time with the upkeep. So he's just desperate. He wants to get. He want, He just wants to move it on. So we bought it for five thousand dollars, brought it down here to to Florida, and in her second race for us at Tampa, she won, and that right there, you know, just you were hooked. I was hooked. I mean, if I wasn't already converted. The vampire suck, stuck his fangs <laughs> in me, and that's it, man. And, I was, and that was it. it. And then you decided to make this a thing. And then little by little, you know, I started increasing my involvement, and it went from a, a hobby, part-time thing. I probably had like a, another seven or eight years where I was increasing and doing both. And then in 2015, I said, I'm going to do what my, my heart's telling me to do. I'm going to chase my passion. So in 2015, I went full-time into Thoroughbreds and a a lot of trial and error and uh, a lot of grinding, man. So, you know, nobody sees you jump, shooting all the jumpers in the gym. But it took a, you know, from 2007 when my, I did my toe in it, 2015, I committed myself full time to it. And in 2023, man, we, we got the holy grail. When you think of great football and baseball, you think about the you. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lebovic Law Group. At Lebovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lebovic. Lebovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you! So there's a picture of you driving after the race, the derby, with the the blanket of roses. The blanket of roses. So you got you got to sort of give me the background. Where where is that picture actually being taken, and where is that? Sure. So I think it's a, it's an awesome pick. So every year when a Kentucky Derby winner wins, the winning horse is, is being granted this beautiful blanket of roses. I mean, it is it's huge. It's huge. It's probably, gosh, I would say ten feet long, twelve feet long. It it drapes. I mean, it goes from, from the floor over his neck to the floor. I mean, it's a gigantic piece. And it's uh, adorned with these amazing hand-stitched roses in there. And on the back, there's beautiful stitching. It's this great tapestry that has, like, the racetrack, the date, um, the emblem. It's a beautiful piece that's given to the horse. And then we display it in front of the horse's stall for a few days. But after a while, we're like, we got to figure out what to do with this. So the racetrack told me that about an hour and a half away in Lexington, Kentucky, there's a flower preservation company that would get this, freeze dry it, 
and be able to put it on display for us. So I said, well, how do we get this thing over to Louisville? And they're like, well, you have to figure that out. So we sat there thinking about it. I'm like, well, look, I'll just drive this thing an hour and a half. So I got three people to help me, and we laid it down from the backseat into shotgun. Most delicate piece of art in the world. Oh, oh, and it's just sitting in this Nissan Sentra rental car, you know, and I put it in shotgun, and I just sat there. With a Latin kid from Miami with the kid driving it. Rolling, I'm like, around, rolling around the streets. I'm like, if I get pulled over in Louisville carrying this, they might think right. I stole this thing, right. you know? So I took a selfie like, with it. I just it. won the derby. I just won the derby, hello? And I remember pulling out of Churchill Downs with it. The security did like a triple take. Like, is that really? I'm like, yeah, that's that's the that's the blanket of roses. And they were like, we've seen crazier things. Like, well, like unbelievable. So got in the car, drove it an hour and, and a half. Where is it now? Is it back it, with it, you? No, it's, in, it, 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 it's quite the process oh, bad. to oh, get so this it, done. Oh, it's still going through its... So it's getting to this, the preservation, restoration process, and they're going to put it on display for us and be able to, you know, they're going to actually divide it into four because there's four owners, and they're going to put it in this beautiful glass encasement, and uh, we're all going to be able to keep so a, be a piece memento, of this. Yeah, right? well, yeah. That'll, that'll be the memento. And then July 1st, we go to Churchill Down for the trophy ceremony where they present us with the actual hour copies of the trophy. So awesome that'll be that. pretty great. Yeah, July 1st. So where's the old. horse now? The horse is in Kentucky. Uh, he's at the spa. He's living the life. He's living the life. He's right now, uh, you know, he goes to the jacuzzi every day, the water treadmill. He gets now turned out. would have had this anyways? Or no, there's a little more There's a little more well, given when you win the derby. Well, when you're given this much time between races, it's going to be about 10, 11 weeks until his next race. You have, you're afforded that time to power him back up, you know? So he got a break. Did he earn himself a little more upkeep? Right. By winning the Kentucky Derby, he's established himself now as a top-tier racehorse. That's part of the lucrative nature of the finances for of the everyone. business, for, for you, sure. For him, for the whole deal, for the group, the owner, right? right. So, but um, the way you sort of examined and studied and knew the lineage of Mage, right, so other people are going to start looking at the horses that he breeds in the same way. I assume that's, the, that's oh, yeah. part of their investment in the bloodline. Right, going forward when it's his time for his babies that are going to hit the, the, the NFL combines and the auction rings going forward, you know, they'll be looking back at his resume and his, you know, physical he's a, confirmation. He's, he's a five-star. Right now, other, now, he's other a, five now he's a five-star. Hopefully we bring out some more five-stars. Make this the day your life changes. The all-new UFIT Gyms has been created to give you exactly what you need to accelerate your fitness results, including state-of-the-art equipment and a new cross-functional turf training area. Enjoy personal training as low as 30 $35 and new small group training classes, including Hit Plus. Take it to the next level with personalized nutrition from Eat Love, along with anywhere, anytime access to UFIT on demand with over 1,000 workouts. Reach your goals faster at the new UFIT gyms. We're going to finish up. So, how did I know the family was in the business, uh, but as a young kid growing up here, what, what drew you to the sport beyond that as something that was, you were super passionate about? You know, I guess in initially when you're so young and impressionable, um, horses are beautiful animals. They're majestic creatures, and being able to be around them, watching them train and compete, that competitive nature was always within me. You know, the, the concept of racing is what caught my attention. Also, all the, un the uniform colors, the silks colors like of that. the jockeys. You know, as a kid, you're looking at all these bright, you know, the yellows and greens and reds and oranges, and all that kind of captures your attention. And then the familial attachment, you get to run around with your uncles and your grandpa and, you know, kind of, you know, share in. You see all these kids in the locker room with their... So, you're getting the, you're, so you have... You I have, had a behind-the-scenes right. access to so it, you, you know? So it kind of drew that, that attention to me. You see young little kids with their parents, 
that are NFL players or basketball players right. and you see them they're playing with the basketball or the football and then they grow up to be players you know like look at Arch Manning you know he saw his uncles play right. and you know uh, Larry Fitzgerald was a was a ball boy for the Minnesota, for Minnesota and became an amazing football player so it's just all, these little things you see the kids and they go on and, and kind of follow it's that attachment that you develop as a kid so being around it since such a young age it just stuck with me and it's true you would like you weren't allowed in and you would watch it from outside that like Sure. So actually, Florida didn't allow uh, children to attend the races until 88. So uh, up until when I was 10 years old, when my parents would do a, a high elite racetrack, especially, you could drive into the grounds and park your car right on the, t- the turn. So I'd sit on the hood of the red Volvo with my brothers and we'd watch the races. And then my parents would take turns going in to place their wagers and then come back. So, you know, rather than having an iPad or an iPhone with, to keep the kids you know attentive i would just sit there on the turn watching races watching the horses go by so it was just something you know more that was another seed that was planted in me as a kid and then when i was 10 and they allowed that to happen you know for for kids to attend the races we went to Gulfstream park the first that that was allowed and after the first race the racetrack made an announcement they invited all the kids down to the winner circle to take like an official photo of uh, the first kids that were ever allowed at the racetrack and i'm and i'm in that pick so you kind of like are given a photo on the podium, and then you spend the rest of your life chasing that that winning feeling. So, like in high school, you're Columbus. Like, would you spend days at the track? Like, would you take your boys to the track and gamble? Or was well, it in, got- in in high school, it was more you know still going with my parents for sure. Gotcha. But in college, it was taking friends to the track. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what's next? Like, are we are we geared up to make another run with another? Like, is that the the plan? Oh, oh, for for sure. You know, like for myself, I, I you know when when we when I combined forces with Gustavo Delgado, he wanted to raise his profile as a trainer to have access to be able to train you know more more horses more high quality horses and myself as an agent i wanted more opportunities to buy more horses because you know obviously i I believe in my talents so hopefully from here there's those windows of opportunities you know the doors open you know further and we can buy more horses and have more prospects for bigger races down the line we just bought two really nice prospects at the same sale that i bought mage last year i just finished buying two of them uh, at this particular, quite as uh, what's the word? We we, we we got our, our, our we with the two that we wanted. Quite as nerve wracking. No man, I, you know I've been I've been I've been doing this for for a little bit. So I mean I'm comfortable. The in, budget expanded. The a budget bit. expanded a little bit. <laughs> That's well, for sure. Well, Ramiro, man, this is so awesome. Uh, honestly, like, and I've told you off air. I'm not. I don't do. I do not in any way kid that I'm a horse racing person. But I grew up in this business under Hank Goldberg, so I know about the races. I know about what you accomplished. I know the attraction, the passion, the emotion. That minute twenty, thir- whatever it is, it's intense and it's awesome. And your love for the U, having you here, being a Miami kid doing it, or Miami man doing this, uh, totally awesome. Thank you. No, so thank much. you for having me, Josh. Awesome man. Really happy. Ramiro Restrepo, Derby winning and Miami's own on the Behind the You podcast. Thank you. Thank you.